Well, good morning, church. Can we just take a quick moment just to clap for the worship band? I found myself, um, you know, I'm trying to save my voice for speaking, and I found myself going, okay, don't sing so loud, just because they were, you know, so moving. So I just, I thank them so much for what they're doing. Well, if we haven't had the pleasure to meet, my name's Kyle, and I'm on staff here at Bedrock. And um, today, I have such an opportunity to preach. I'm so excited to be able to preach. The last time I actually spoke, I... Um, I was at the tre- on the treadmill at the gym about two hours before Sunday morning service, and I get a call from Blake, and he says, um, hey, how's your Spanish? And I was like, I mean, it's, it's okay, not, not amazing, why? And he goes, well, um, Pastor Carlos is sick, and uh, could you preach this morning, two hours before the service? Um, and so that was actually the last time I spoke, so I'm super excited to be speaking in English today. And uh, hopefully it'll be, you know, it's my native language. So hopefully it'll be a little bit better than Spanish. Um, really quickly, I want to take a moment to pray. I had um, someone come up to me and ask specifically for prayer for a cancer diagnosis. That was, uh, they just found out this week. And then also I wanted to pray for everything going on in Israel. So would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, we know you are sovereign. God, we know you are supreme. We know you have everything in your plan. God, and as, as we have things like cancer diagnosis is, um, come up, Lord, there's often fear and um, anguish, and we just don't know what you're doing, Lord, but we know that you are in control of every situation. And so, God, we're asking for a miracle. We're asking for you to work in just a miraculous, mysterious way, and we know that you can. And God, turning our attention to Israel, Lord, and just everything going on there, Lord, we don't, we don't understand, we don't know what's going on, but Lord, you do. And I pray that as so many people, thousands of people are fearful and scared and and don't know what the next day holds. Lord, I pray that you would provide um, them with comfort. You'd provide them with understanding of the situation and they would be uh, unafraid. And Lord, we just pray that you bring peace in that region. God, we love you. Amen. So as we continue the Chosen series today, we're going to be on episode six. And my question to all of you is do you ever feel like your plan is better than God's plan? And I know as I say that, it's like, no, I don't, I don't think that. I've never actually said that out loud. Like, it's not something I actually think. But when we don't have faith in what God's doing in our lives, that's the thing we're asking. That's the thing we're thinking, right? We're, we're saying, God, I trust you. I love you. I have faith in you. But this was my plan, and your plan looks very different than what my plan looked like. We do so much planning and so little asking God what his plan is. So hopefully we don't have any <clears throat> Jets fans in the audience, but if we do, I'm sorry. Um, so I just want to tell a quick story about planning and how sometimes it can go very, very wrong. So if you guys watch ESPN or any, any sports network, the whole narrative for the entire offseason for the NFL was Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, right? And it was amazing. You know, every... every um, commentators saying, oh, they're, they're going to get to the Super Bowl. They have an amazing defense. All they needed was Aaron Rodgers to come, right? The problem was the Jets made all of these plans, right? But they, they were missing a piece of the puzzle. And that piece of the puzzle was that after three plays, Aaron Rodgers would tear his Achilles and probably, most likely, not play anymore this season. And so as they were making these plans, right, they, they did the best they could. They, they planned the way that they had, you know, it's their ability, and they thought this was a good opportunity to get an amazing quarterback, but the problem is they didn't have the whole plan. They didn't understand everything that was going on, and so 
Are we like that? Do we do that in our lives? We do exactly this when we plan and plan, and then something happens that was not planned, and we are left asking what just happened. Just like the Jets, we, we think we are planning for the future, but the problem is we have no idea if these plans we're making align with the ultimate plan. So why do we struggle to have faith in God's plan? What, what, are, the, what are the main uh, ingredients that cause us to struggle with having faith? I think there's basically four reasons. So before we get to the clip and before we talk through the chosen, I just want to give you these four uh, reasons I think we have struggle with faith in God. So the first thing would be, like, if, if you know this, right, everyone tells you to plan everything, right? You can look at podcasts about planning. You can look at just, it, like, careers. There's careers where it's literally are focused on how do we plan for the future? How do we plan our days? How do we plan our weeks, our months, our years, right? There's books about planning, and we're all focused on planning, and yet as Christians, we are told in Scripture so many promises that tell us, God is doing the planning. It's not up to us to plan. And so I just wanted to read Proverbs 19.21 as one of these promises from God. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And then in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34, says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of us or which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So after we read those passages, right, we're, we're kind of conflicted, right? The, the world tells us to plan everything. God tells us to let him control the planning. And so I'm kind of left with this question, is planning inherently bad? Like, is it bad to plan? Should we just not plan at all? No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what we should do. I don't think we should just say, you know what? God says he's got it, so I'm not going to plan anything. I'm just going to live my life and go with the flow, right? But I would say this. I would say plan in pencil. Um, so I didn't tell you this at the beginning, but uh, my month has been kind of crazy. I went from teaching, well, go back a little farther. I went from teaching PE to middle schoolers and then randomly got switched to eighth grade civics. If you don't know what civics is, it's basically dumbed down government for middle schoolers. And then this past couple weeks, I've started teaching first grade, just, you don't have subjects, so just first grade, right? And uh, yeah, they don't have subjects. So anyway, so I, I went from eighth grade civics to first grade. It's a, it's a pretty, pretty different world. And what I've noticed very quickly about first graders is they do a lot in pencil, and they are so quick to erase. 
Okay, so we do this cursive notebook where they work on their cursive and, you know, so cute working on their cursive. And I've had to learn these new terms like the midline and the bottom line, all these things. And so I'll walk over with my little red pen and I'll say, hey, Johnny, um, that L needs to go all the way to the top line. You know, you'll do stuff like repeat after me all the way to the top. And they have, you know, anyways. So, and they do it, right? And then I come over and I'm like, hey, that's not exactly where it needs to be. And before I get those words out, they have that massive eraser in their hand and they're already erasing. Like I didn't even have to finish. Like, that's fine. It took me five minutes to write that word, but I will erase it right now if you tell me it's not right. And I think that's a, such a good example for us to live by, right? God is doing something in our life and we've planned something else. And God says, hey, um, that's not exactly what I was planning Here's an eraser, erase it. And so often we say, well, God, like I've, I've taken a lot of time on this plan. I've thought through it and this is kind of where I'm at. And God's saying, no, that's not my plan. So we need a plan in pencil. God does not consult your plans. I know that's scary. I know that's kind of hard to hear, but God's plans are higher than your plans. Another reason maybe we have hard time having faith in God is, we live in a day and age of instant gratification, right? We see this everywhere. I could give you 50 examples. I'm just going to give you one, right? Fast food. I don't think many of you go to fast food and go like, this is going to be the best meal I've ever had. I'm so excited to be here. No, but the reason you go to fast food is because it's convenient. It's easy. It's instantaneous, right? If you're hungry, you go to McDonald's, you know, within five minutes, you'll have some trash burger that you can eat and you'll, you'll feel full, right? You'll at least feel full and it was quick. And so I think when we look at God's plan in our life, we want his plan to work like McDonald's, right? We want it to just be instantaneous, like, thank you, God, you, you met my need, but God's plans are better. God's plans take maybe more time or they're just different than we expect. Or maybe you're one of these people that we just have too much information, right? Like we've got so, so much information that it's sometimes hard to trust God's plan because maybe we did some research and that plan won't actually work, right? Have you ever been there? It's like, God, I know you're telling me this, but I actually just did uh, research on Instagram and uh, that plan, that's not going to fly. It doesn't work. Like it can't work that way. Sometimes I ask my wife, um, how do you know? Like we'll be talking and she'll say something. And I'm like, how'd you know that? She's like, well, I saw it on the internet. I'm like, where? Right? She's like, I mean, uh, Instagram, I think. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a credible source, right? But when we talk about God's plan, it's God's job to do the impossible. And it's just our job to believe that he can do it, right? So if I've researched and that's not going to work, God, God can do it, right? God can do anything. So it's maybe just our opportunity to trust that he can do it. Or maybe you're in the camp of the comfort zone, right? God's plan is going to take you way out of your comfort zone, and you like your comfort zone. I was thinking about this as, um, you know, the new Top Gun movie came out, and I was thinking, man, everyone loves Top Gun. Everyone loves that movie. Everyone loves the original where we're talking about the danger zone. Do you love the danger zone? I don't think you love the danger zone. I think most of us are perfectly comfortable in the comfort zone, right? We want to watch the danger zone, but we want to sit in the couch, right? And just watch the dangerous stuff happening. We don't actually want to fly those planes along cliff sides and, and, you know, two feet from our death. We want to live in the comfort zone. So maybe God is telling you, hey, this next plan in your life, it's going to take you way outside your comfort zone. And maybe that scares you. Maybe that's hard to have faith in. So I told Tessa I would put her on the spot. So don't worry. Don't feel bad for Tessa. Um, but Tessa likes to live in the comfort zone. 
So much so that we used to live about five minutes from where she worked. It was super convenient. It made sense. And we moved 30 minutes from her work, and she still wants to go to the same job. And she works at Olive Garden, so she's passing uh, 100 restaurants to get to the restaurant she's going to work at, right? But that doesn't matter because she's comfortable there, right? She doesn't want to step out and try something new because it's uncomfortable. And I think for so much of us, that's our narrative as well. We like to be comfortable. So as much as we think these are 21st century problems, they aren't. Right, we can say like, oh, well, we have Instagram now, we have information, we have all these things, and so, you know, we have a harder time trusting in God's plan. But the reality is, as we look at episode six of The Chosen today, this is a problem that plagues humanity as a whole, right? We're going to look at uh, our main story today, it comes from Matthew 11, and it's a story about John the Baptist. And now, if you know anything about John the Baptist, John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. He's seen amazing works up to this point. And he's starting to lose faith in what Jesus is doing. And so we can see that this is not a 21st century problem. It's a human condition that we lose faith in what Jesus is doing in our lives. So as we look at this clip, I just want you to take a look at a huge figure in scripture and how he's losing faith. Roll the first clip. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be in Matthew 11. And it's almost verbatim what you just saw. Starting in verse two. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So I don't know if you caught the question that John the Baptist's disciples asked, but it's one that, uh, seems crazy, right? John the Baptist baptized Jesus, right? Has been hearing amazing stories about Jesus' ministry. He actually has seen a lot of the amazing things happen, and yet he's having trouble having faith. And a couple episodes ago, if you were here with us, we looked at John the Baptist in prison, and he was telling people that were coming to see him, no, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. There's no issue. I'm not in prison. Like, I'm, I'm fine. And yet now he has sent disciples to Jesus to say, I've almost lost all my faith. I'm just wondering if you're even the one or should we look for someone else? It's so easy for us to go, man, that's crazy. John the Baptist, how did you do that? Like, how did you lose faith? It's easy for us to look back in the Bible and, you know, criticize certain characters and, and look at them. But if a story was written about us in our lives, you would see the same thing. 
right? You'd see something miraculous happening in your life, and a week later, you're struggling with your faith, right? A month ago, you had this amazing thing happen, and now you, you don't know if you can have faith in God's plan. And I was thinking about um, in, in sports stadiums, this happens a lot, right? What happens is, is you've got a team, they think they're going to win, right? They think they're going to win the game. They know they're going to win. Then they think they're going to win. And then they, they're hoping they're going to win. But eventually what happens is they lose faith and the stadium empties, right? Before the game's over, everyone's gone because they realize, I thought I was going to win this game. I was hoping I was going to win this game. But eventually that hope turns to fear. And then that fear leads to unbelief. And John is just about there, right? He's, he's, he's done kind of the last thing he can do. He's sending people out to say like, I don't know what's going on. I've been in prison a long time. As Jesus says, this is one of his quirks, right? Like I've been in prison for a really long time. I thought you were going to deliver me from prison and it's, it's just not happening. It's taking too long and I'm ready to give up hope. But what we need to remember is God's timing is not our timing. God's timing is not our timing. Can we wait for a better plan? Or are we so dead set on our plan? Um, And so as we were watching that clip, right, like God's moving slower than John the Baptist thought he would move. And that's our struggle, right? When God's moving a little bit slower, maybe I can see or I think I can see the plan and it's taking a long time to actually happen. In this next clip, though, we're going to see that it's not just when God moves too slow. Sometimes we have issues when God moves too fast. So let's look at this next clip. Okay, so I don't think Barnaby was disappointed, right, that, it, that God moved a little too fast, right? But when this happens, obviously, we, we pray for something, and it happens instantaneously, right? And he didn't even really ask, right? And so it was just such a blessing. It's amazing, right? But at the same time, we know sometimes things happen too fast, and it actually throws our plans off, right? Maybe we had ten, a 10-step ten plan, right? And then God skips steps five through 10, right? And we're just instantly there, right? We're instantly at what we asked for. So in my life, um, I had this happen once where God worked way faster than I expected and it threw off my plans. Um, So when we had our uh, first child, um, Tessa was pregnant and I had a work retreat to go to in DC. We lived in Florida and we were about a month off from having Madeline. And so we thought, you know, I've got a month should be no big deal. I'll go up for basically a weekend, come right back to Florida, and we'll still have weeks before we have this child. God had other plans. And so as I'm in DC, um, I get a call from Tessa and she's like, I feel really bad. Like I'm swollen and I just, I don't know what's going on, but like, I don't feel good. So me being a thousand miles away, right? I'm freaking out. I'm like, you know, I need to be there with my wife. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening and what God's doing. And luckily I was able to come back, um, not faster than, you know, I had to be on the same plane I was expecting to be on, but luckily I was able to come back. And then the next day we went to the hospital and within a day she, um, we had, we had Madeline. So, um, she had preeclampsia, if you know what that is. And so basically it's something that happens when you're pregnant and the only cure is to have the baby. And so once you have the baby, usually you're fine, but you have really high blood pressure when you are pregnant. And so God worked 
really fast, right? It was our first kid, don't really know what to expect, don't really know, this is all new. And then we have something happen where I thought I had a month to plan and get a room ready and all these things, and then the baby's there, right? And there were other things, there were complications, nothing serious, but she had to spend a week in the NICU, right? And so our plans for the future went from, we've got a month and we can start, we can keep planning and we keep thinking about this to a day, right? And I'm not even there, right? And so God can do this where his plan is faster than what we thought. And quickly your life and plans can be completely thrown out. So we've talked about God working too slow. We've talked about God working way too fast and how that can throw off our plans and it can cause us to lose faith. But what happens when God's working, but he's working in a way that we didn't expect, right? Maybe I thought it was going to be like this and God's doing something that looks a little bit different. So in this next clip, that's what we're going to see. Take a look. So not in the way we expected, right? They expected the Messiah to look a little bit different. But what Jesus is highlighting there is that you didn't like John the Baptist because X, Y, Z, and you don't like me, but he's highlighting the fact that we're almost complete opposites, right? So what he's saying is it doesn't matter what it looks like, you're going to reject it. You're going to have, it's not going to look exactly like what you thought it's going to look like. Because the reality is our faith in God is so often conditional, I prayed for this specific thing and it didn't happen exactly the way I wanted it to. No matter what happens, it's not going to meet all of our expectations. Um, Have you ever tried to pick a movie, like go to Disney Plus and you've got three or more kids, right? And what happens is, is I'm, I'm scrolling on Disney Plus. How about Frozen, right? And no matter what movie it is, right, someone in the group hates that movie. They hate it. They can't stand it. They watched it yesterday, right? But today they hate that movie, right? As you're scrolling, it's like you can't even find one that everyone can agree on. But that's how we are, right? We're like, God, I prayed for this. And it looks, it looks just slightly different than what I prayed for. So I'm having trouble having faith in you. So I told you a little bit about my story. I thought I was going to be a teacher for 30 years, right? That's what everyone always plans. You go to college and you're like, this is my thing for 30 years and I retire, right? And um, so I was about five years ago, um, I was teaching PE at um, a a local school, and I got a call from a pastor randomly, like completely random, and he's like, hey, I'd love to have coffee with you. I don't drink coffee, so I was like, I'll still go, right? And so um, basically, he's like, we'd love for you to be the youth pastor at our church, and I was like, I mean, I don't that's not my thing. I'm not a youth pastor. I'm not a pastor. I'm, I'm a PE teacher, right? It looks a little different. And I left the meeting thinking like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not something I, I had in mind. And as I was praying about it, I realized, yeah, like this, maybe this is something that God's equipping me for and God's leading me into. And I say that to say this, like, that doesn't, that didn't look like what I had planned, right? Like I planned on this, God's doing something completely different. We have to have faith in what God's doing. If, if God is changing your plan, he will equip you for the new plan. Um, Philippians 4.13, I know it's often quoted wrongly. So it says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I know most of the time we see this on tennis shoes and a basketball player is saying, I can score, I can drop 50 because God's with me. All right, that's not what this verse means, okay? So this verse is actually coming from when Paul was under house arrest 
right? And he was basically, he didn't know, you know, what was happening. He didn't know the plan. His plan was not to be under house arrest. That wasn't in the plan. And so Paul is starting to say like, what's going on? But a beautiful thing happens. Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So basically what he's saying is, no matter what happens in my life, if God's leading me there, he's gonna equip me for that exact task. And I think for us, that's something that we need to take into account in our 21st century lives where we say, God, I don't know what you're doing. He's doing it. He's going to equip you for it because we know the planner. And this is gonna take us to our last clip. So we talked about God's working too fast. God's working too slow. Maybe God's doing something that doesn't look exactly like what we had planned. Um, we're going to look at a very hard clip, um, the hardest one we've looked at. And so it's basically talking about what happens when God does something and we don't even know why this is part of the plan, right? Like it's not happening too fast or too slow. It's not like it looks kind of like our plan, but slightly different. This is why in the world is this even in the plan? So take a look at this next clip. Um, right, so God's working too fast. God's working too slow. Maybe it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. But in this clip, we see sometimes God does something that we don't even understand why this is part of the plan, right? And I think this, this challenges our faith the most, right? Something that's very difficult. But, but what we need to remember is God doesn't promise us an easy life free from pain. But what he does promise is that, that, that there's purpose in the pain, Let's take a look at James 1, 2 through 4. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. That's usually my response. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let your steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So I know that, right, it's talking about be, so, be happy when trials happen. Be, be so excited because it's going to strengthen your faith. I think for most of us, that's not our, our natural response to trials, right? Um, I, I, when I was growing up, I ran uh, cross country and track in high school and in college. And uh, I often get the question like, how do you practice for cross country? How do you practice for running? You just run. That's how you practice. And, um, and so we used to do these things called interval training. And basically what that means is just it's terrible, right? And you basically go to the track and they're like, all right, we're going to do six half mile repeats with a three minute rest between. And you're like, oh, great. That sounds terrible, right? And, but, but you do it. Why? Because you know the result of the training, right? You know that I do this terrible thing, but it's going to make me stronger. And that is exactly what God is doing oftentimes, right? God is stretching our faith and, and growing our faith through trials, God gives us community that has been through similar challenges, though, which is amazing. And I thought about raising hands, but I thought probably not everyone's as comfortable and honest as maybe I would be to these questions. So don't raise your hands. If you want to, that's fine, but don't raise your hands. Uh, so I have a couple statistics to go over showing these trials and tribulations that we feel like are maybe just us, right? And we feel so singled out, like, man, I'm, I'm the only one dealing with this. That's not true. Here are some statistics. Research suggests that up to 30% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. 70% of Americans feel stressed about money, which is probably more right now. 70 to 80% of people say they have a dysfunctional family, so you're not alone. 
And a global poll, this is the the biggest number, a global poll said 85% of people are unhappy at their job. So when you, you know, you're in school and they're like, hey, just find something you love to do and you'll never work. No one finds that, right? We We all have issues at our job. It's always a struggle, right? Life is hard, but we can have, we know that God loves us and we have a family of believers that can walk with us if we let them. If we let them, that's the key, right? When someone asks you, hey, how are you doing? And you say, I'm good. That doesn't help anyone, right? If you're good, that's great. If you're not good, let us know, right? Let each other know so we can help each other out. Everybody wants community, but nobody wants to be actually honest so that we can have community, right? And so this is the, this is the problem. I found this quote, and I thought it was so, uh, so good and so, so true about us as people by Mother Teresa says, honesty and transparency make you vulnerable, but be honest and transparent anyways, right? It does. It makes you vulnerable, but it also opens up a door for people to speak into your life, people to walk with you. And so as Danielle comes up to um, play a song, I just want to give you a couple application points. So maybe you're like, Kyle, yes, I'm there. I'm struggling to have faith in what God's doing in my life. Maybe you know, things are happening too fast, things are happening too slow, you don't know exactly what's happening, or there's some very difficult things that you're walking through right now. I don't know where you're at. But I wanted to give you two application points of just what do you do? So the first thing I, um, I wanted to tell you is we can trust in God's promises. When we don't understand what's going on, right, we can lean on what we do know about God, right? When we don't understand exactly what's happening, we can lean on what we do understand about God and his promises. So let me read a couple promises for you just to encourage you. First Peter 5.10 says this, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then Deuteronomy 30, 31, 8, it says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And so when we don't know what's going on in our lives, We can trust in the fact that we know God is going to restore us. God has great love for us, right? God's going to be with us. He's going before us, just like the Israelites, right? Like, I know there's times in your life where you go, like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm, I'm walking into this new season, or I'm walking through something very difficult, but the reality is God is already there, and he's going to lead you into what you're dealing with. He's going before you, and he's going to come behind you. And we know that he loves us so much. Now, does this mean that we're going to have a super easy life? No, right? God loves us and he's working. Even if our entire life is difficult, we have eternity with God to look forward to. And then the last point I would say is is this, just our community, right? Like the application is God's doing something in your life. Maybe someone else needs to hear your story of what he's doing. Be honest, Maybe someone needs to hear how you're hurting. Be honest, right? Someone needs to hear your story and maybe you need to hear theirs. We're surrounded by believers. We're surrounded by other people that can encourage us and pour into us and love on us, but they can only do that if they know us. 
right? If you don't tell people what's going on, if you don't let people into your life, there's no, there's no help there. But once you let people in, they can help you and you can help them. We're going through the same things as we just saw in the statistics. We're walking through a lot of the same struggles. Let each other in. Let me close in prayer. God, we are so thankful for your love. We're so thankful for how you're working in our lives, God, but oftentimes we can't see it. We don't understand it. It's difficult. God, increase our faith. Give us more faith. Give us faith where we have no faith. And God, if we have a little bit of faith, give us more. Lord, help us to trust in your promises. Help us to trust that you are good. Lord, and that what we're walking through right now, you've already seen it and you're going before us. God, I know that, you know, oftentimes we can talk about all these things and it's still difficult, God. It's still difficult. I know for myself, Lord, I am uh, struggling to have faith in your plan, struggling to understand exactly what you're doing. But Lord, we love you and we know that you love us. So God, increase our faith. Give us, give us faith that can move mountains. And Lord, help us to allow people to come into our life, to speak into what's happening in our life and for us to be able to speak into what's happening in theirs and encourage one another saying, I've been through the exact same thing and this is what happens after. Look at, look at what my life looks like now. God, we love you. Lord, we, we once again just pray for peace in Israel. God, and just your plan to be carried out, Lord. We know you have a plan. We know that this isn't just random attacks. It's not something you didn't see. It's not something you didn't forecast. You knew it was gonna happen and you allowed it and you have a plan in it and through it. So God, help us to be a shining light to our community. Lord, people that are hurting, help us to say like, I know you're hurting, but God is there and God's working through it all. Lord, we love you and we pray in this, in this last song, Lord, that maybe we could recommit our faith to you. Maybe we need stronger faith. Let this be a time where we can just speak to you right now. God, we love you and we thank you. Amen.